Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Coming off of what happened in our fellowship last week, and the things that have been rolling around in my heart, there's, there's a word and, and, and that I believe is timely. I've, I've really been waiting on God. How do we... What do you want me to say this week, Lord God? Where do you want me to go? And I've been really wrestling with this all week. As I said, there's, there's a word that's burning in my heart. I just haven't had the release to share it yet, and I still don't. And yesterday morning, as I was just waiting on the Lord, He said to me these words, I want you to paint a prophetic picture. Now, I have been praying for many, many months, well over 18 months already. Father, my heart really desires a greater release of prophetic words into our fellowship, into the life of our family. What does that do? It lifts us up. It encourages us. It keeps our focus going on the right way. And over the past little while, there's been a number of prophetic words that have spoken to us. And what I want to do this morning is just take you through that journey, all the little bits and pieces, like little puzzle bits that, are, that, that, that happen over a course of time in different places and in different situations. And I want to paint for you and put the puzzle together, the picture of what I believe God has been saying to me and to us as a fellowship over the last little while that has culminated in what happened last week. So that we're all on the same page. We're all understanding and we're working from the same foundation as of what God is saying. He said to me, you first have to get an idea of where you want to go. And only after that do you work on how to get there. So today very much is to draw the picture of where you want to go. Maybe may be familiar with the scripture. It's, it's found in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, And the Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Write the vision, make it plain. Now you, will, you already see something over there, that we're a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing his kingdom by expressing his love that encapsulates who we are as a family. But in light of recent words, I want to share some things with you that are, are powerful and important. And where I want to start with, before we come to our local fellowship setting, I want to share with you a prophetic word that was spoken over the, the Church of the Nations cluster that we belong to at the conference that we were at last week, or the week before last. As you may know, uh, Pastor Ken is the apostolic head of this cluster, and every year his cluster gathers together at the end of August, beginning of September, somewhere around there, for a conference. We call it a retreat. I don't know why we retreat every year. I'd far rather we're advanced, but it's okay. We get away for a little bit, and... Alexander Fenter and John Skoltz were the guest speakers during this year's prophetic conference. And there was a strong prophetic flow. Alexander Fenter had a prophetic unction that I'd like to share with you over the cluster that Ken belongs to. But I, it ident I identified with it so much as belonging to us, which it does because we are part of that cluster, but also so much as it really resonates with so many other words that have been spoken over this fellowship. And it's about three minutes. I want to play it for you. So have a listen. Uh, so just to say for me, the, the first thing <clears throat> is the sense of spiritual health and vitality here. It's my third visit among you as far as I recall. <laughs> and uh, for me, there is a high tide that has been reached, 
and the impression that I have, uh, which I'm trusting is from the Holy Spirit, is um, shifts and changes are coming that will surprise you. And the text that came into my mind from Isaiah is strengthen the stakes, extend your borders, because increase and enlargement is coming. And I was not aware that, uh, I think Andreas was it this morning at breakfast, said this is the largest number of people that you've had. Um, and I just think symbolically, God is really doing something here, and you're on the edge <clears throat> of something bigger and expensive. Um, I think that the idea of the mustard seed, that as I look around you, the other impression I had is that this has been a little mustard seed of the kingdom among the apostolic clusters within cotton. And that it's grown up. And the level of diversity, not only racially and culturally, but also economically um, and internationally, I think is a prophetic mustard seed. And you have a role to play among the other four clusters, apostolic clusters, and your presence and participation in this journey is very, very important. I felt last night you must not underestimate what God is doing among you. You have a very key role to play as a little leaven in the whole lump to flavor the whole lump. So, dear friends, this is a mustard seed of the kingdom that's been underground for quite a long time. That has been through testing trials and pain and difficulty and you've pioneered a path together and you've remained faithful and you've remained shoulder to shoulder through the pain i tell you something this tree has grown up and many many people are coming to find a nest in this tree this is a tree of the kingdom and what impresses me is the healthy growing diversity which is potential for tremendous kingdom enrichment because God's unity is diversity in harmony is not uniformity so I bless what God is doing and is a time of increase and a, a time of growth coming to you in the name of Jesus isn't that encouraging and do you bear witness with that does that resonate with your heart it's incredibly, what we have here is very rare. You need to know that. What we have here is a fellowship in terms of our, our family, our makeup, our unity, which, as he said, is diversity in harmony, not uniformity. And that's very beautiful. So that is a word that's kind of spoken already. So that already paints a picture of what God is speaking over us, the song that the Spirit is singing over us as a, as a, as a cluster. But I also want to say to you, as a spiritual family as well. There are some things with my per, in my personal journey with God that are also pertinent to this picture. Over the past few months, it's been a time of heart transition for me. Many, many months. It was during the course of, of last year, towards the end of last year, I think it is, where I sat in Pastor Andreas's office. And... Uh, we had the same sense, and he articulated something that I was feeling in my heart. This word, Michael, I want you to be Elisha to Andreas, had so galvanized my life, my focus, and my identity for so many years that for, in order for me to transition and for the fellowship to transition, that needed 
to shift and it needed a tweak and it needed a change. And for years and years, I mean, as I've journeyed this journey over all these years, I would often come back to that word, pray through that word, God would reaffirm that word, and I would reaffirm my position in that and live out my life accordingly. But there came a real sense in my heart that there was a shift and a change. And the shift of the change was a very difficult one for me because my heart so gravitates to that identity and to that role. My heart has always been with Pastor Andreas, first and foremost. Because that's where God pointed me. That's, and through, through mom and dad, you guys are, are, know the testimony. I don't want to go through all of it. How my life has changed and how, what God has done through them. It's, 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 it's incredible. But there was the sense that dad said to me, Michael, it's time for another prevailing word from God that will change. In the same way that God said to you, you need to be Elisha to this man. You need another word like that, which will set the course for the next season of your life. And so we go to Jeffrey's Bay, we go to a conference called The Sending, and as we're going through the weekend, during Tony Fitzgerald's session, as he's sharing, and I mean that man has such an immense father's heart, I felt God saying the words to me, I want you to build a safe house where people, can, where family can be nourished and flourished and ultimately released into their calling and destiny. And I came back from the conference sort of saying, I have the sense in my heart, it, it really, I remember looking out over this row of young people and just the love that God put in my heart for them, the potential that I saw in them, and the pitfalls and the dangers that I knew lay, lay waiting for them on every side. And I looked at them, and as I looked, it was as though God whispered, I want you to create a safe place for them where they can grow and be blessed and flourish. Now, a safe place, what does that mean? It means it's not just a natural building. It's a heart habitation. It's a spiritual habitation, a place of safety. Amen. And so last week, Pastor John comes and he brings a prophetic word and he pops this thing up on the screen which says, how many of you remember what it says? Safe house. Build a safe house founded on fatherhood. And I looked at Helen, I said, did you say something? And she looked at me, I said, I didn't say anything. And I was a little gobsmacked. And as I've just articulated to you, my recollection of what God said to me at that sending conference was, I want you to build a safe place. And that's kind of what I said. Until I went back to my trusty journal where I had noted some of these things down. And there it is, highlighted in yellow and circled in a big boy. That means, Michael, this is important for you. This is, pay attention here. And here's what I've written. Called to build a safe house for family to grow and flourish. Yo! Talk about confirmation. So I came to John. I said, just by the way, word for word verbatim. That's what God said to me. He went, no. I said, yes. And why I, why I reiterate this to you, sometimes we hear from God and we're not really sure God, is this you? And it sits right, but is this you? And I've come to, God spoke something to me the other day that really is just, it just so resonates with my heart. Boldness in order to step out in faith, boldness to go at and give yourself to that which God is calling you to does not come from a sense of confidence. It doesn't come from a sense of your strength or ability. It comes from knowing that you've heard from God and that you have discerned His voice correctly. Because in there, that, that measure of discernment, there's a measure of doubt. And so when something sits right with you and you share it with Pastor Andreas and he says, I, I believe that's right for you, Michael. 
Yes, amen. And then you, you, you have somebody from outside who comes and he says, this is what God is calling you to. God, that is all the confirmation I need. Thank you. This is the role for the next season of my life. And this is who we are as a fellowship. A safe place. A safe place. For who? For people to grow and to flourish, to be equipped for the call and the ministry and the destiny that God has on their lives and ultimately released into that. And that release is just as important. The other things that John Scold says is don't lose the plot. Don't become confused with the purpose of the local church. Look at those flags. They're a significant part of our purpose. We must never lose the call to the nations and the role that God has called us to work in, walk in. This is an apostolic ministry. This is an apostolic family. What does that mean? We are called to bring people together, to raise, equip, nurture them, to restore them into the, to, the, to the genuineness of faith and to the call of God in their lives so that they can be released. And as I share that with you, I'm reminded of a dream that I had. Stephen and I went away fasting in Fulmouth a little while ago. And in that dream, God told me the same thing. This is what it looked like. I came into the church on a Sunday morning like I usually would do through those side doors, entered the auditorium this way, and you were all here. All of you were here. You came very early that Sunday. I was really impressed. In fact, I think that may be the meaning of that prophetic word. You were all here, and you were all packing chairs, and everyone was kind of doing his thing. It was kind of really oblivious to the fact that the flags were gone. That wall was empty. And I walked into the fellowship, and everyone was, Hi, morning, morning. And I said, Siobhan! And I called him, and I said, where are my flags? And those words were significant. They were my flags. What does that mean? That means I had taken on that same mantle, that same call, that apostolic calling, not to depart from that. This is as much in my heart as it was, and it needs to be in all of our hearts that we are called to the nations. Amen? Amen? <coughs> said, where are my flags? And the dream went on and a number of other things were shared. But it was prophetic in nature. It was the same warning that John gave us. Don't lose the plot. Don't forget who you are. It's from the Lion King. Alpha and Omega. Don't forget who you are. John said, don't be surprised, therefore, if I call you to make provision for a bigger picture. Your footprint is bigger than the size of the local body. Don't fear this time or this season. And the meld between translocal and local will be a powerful one, and your influence is spreading. He did say that as a local fellowship, our influence within this community is going to grow. I can tell you that's already happening in some sense. The love, the influence that I have with the pastors of this community is already beginning to tell. And our footprint in this community is going to grow and our influence is going to grow, not for our glory, not so that we can have a big ministry or a big name, but so that, the Jesus, that Jesus can be glorified, His kingdom can come, and that people in this community who are hurting, who are broken, will find a home, a place to abide and be safe. He says, I felt it was important to reiterate these words. Sorry, that's not what he said. That's what my notes say. I felt, <laughs> I felt it was important to reiterate these words, to share these things and these impressions with you in one single narrative because it gives us greater clarity and, comfort, and confidence 
through greater confirmations. And these words are very personal to us as a fellowship, to our identity, who we are, to our purpose, what we're called to do, to, to, to our ministry, local and translocal. They set the course and they clarify the call. They also determine the price. What do I mean by that? For any family to accomplish their God-given mandate and their goal, there's a cost involved. There's a cost involved. Last week, we had a wonderful celebration. There was a cost involved. Amen? Now, was it worth it? Absolutely it was worth it. But nothing is for free. Luke 14, 25 to 33 says, I'm reading from the message. One day when a large group of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, this is the cost. Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own self, can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. If you are not willing to pay the price, you can't be. He goes on to talk about, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it now, to talk about if anyone builds a building, he counts the cost first. And if anyone goes to war, he counts, he weighs in as to whether or not he is able to win that war. That war. Now, when Jesus says whether or not you have enough, what does he mean by that? Is he looking at your pocket? Is he looking at your resources? Is he looking at your gifting? No. He's not looking at how much you have. He's looking at how much you are willing to give. I want to say that again. When Jesus looks at you and He wants to speak destiny into your life, He's not looking at how much you have. He knows you don't have enough. He is the all-sufficient one. But He is wanting to know how much you are prepared to give. To what level are we willing to yield to the leading of His Spirit and give of ourselves, our time, our substance, our resources? What price are you willing to pay for, the desire you de for, for, for what you desire? That's what it means to count the cost. And God's order of doing things is He points us in the direction He wants us to go, but the requirement is always upfront payment. Payment upfront. That's what Jesus did. He paid upfront. And what's the payment? The payment is just, yes, Lord. The payment is Isaiah chapter 6, where He says, who will go for me? And those with us, who went to the sending, stood up and said, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to be a difference maker. I don't want to be just a member in a congregation who comes week after week just to get a sermon and to have a good time of worship. I want to be a change maker. I want to be an influencer. I want you to use me, and I'm willing to pay the price. I realize it's going to cost me time. I realize it's going to cost me time with my family. It's going to cost me time or things that I may want to do. It's going to cost me resources. But I, I'm beginning to see the vision that you have. And I'm beginning to realize that I have a role to play in all of this. So help me find my place and find my space so that my life will count for something more than just being a member sitting on a pew. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.